Well, over Christmas break, and I think I think Isaac's going to appreciate this message. I got access to some of Shodo's 2015 uh, basketball film, and I sat down. How I got that access is because. Uh, a friend of mine who went to Pryor and then we went together to NSU, he is now coaching there, and so he has their huddle stuff for their film now. And he knew that our senior year, we, we was pretty good, and he said, I've been going back and watching some of that. And they got a little boy, him and his wife, that is the same age as Maddie. And so we were over there on Christmas break, and he's like, come look. And so he showed me. He had already sent me a couple different, like, little clips of games. And so we watched one, and, of course, I was reliving the glory days, right? And he's like, I can just send you this. I can just send you this uh, link or this whatever, however. So I could watch. What I could do is I could go watch my own. I didn't have to go to his house. And... So I was like, yeah, I want to, we watched the game, and then Maddie and them were done playing. We went home. So on our way home, I just began to think of the song. And here's the chorus of it. Glory days, yeah, they'll pass you by. Glory days in the wink of a young girl's eye. Glory days, oh, glory days. And I don't know how many are familiar with that song, but that's Bruce Springsteen and a song that he wrote and I was just thinking about it because not only did it stop there of watching that one game, he sent me that link and my Christmas break, I spent two or three nights when I'd come home, I'd just flip on the huddle and I'd put it on our TV, you can throw it up there now, and I'd just watch one night till about two o'clock in the morning, my old games, and so I was truly reliving the glory days, some good, some bad. And it, it was fun. I got to kind of go back down memory lane and see some of uh, probably the funnest year of, of sports for me. And so it was good. And so as I watched that and got to relive those glory days and I thought of the song, The Glory Days, and just what, what is glory days? That's when you're at your best, right? The prime, the top. Right when you're at your best, and I just begin to think about what it took to be able to look back now and say, "Well, that was our glory days of basketball." Uh, what it would take to live in our glory days as Christians, to be at our best, as a, at our prime, uh, at the peak, at the top, our heyday, whatever term or, or verbiage you want to use. How can we? live in that what did it take to do it as a as a basketball player or in a in a career in a business whatever but what can we do to continually be in our glory days our best days as christians and so tonight we're going to look at what it takes to live continually because we don't want them to come to it my glory days of basketball are gone right they and they're not coming back anytime soon uh but as Christians, if we do these things, we can continually live in the glory days while we're going through this life here on earth. And so, not really a passage tonight. Eventually, we'll stop at 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, uh, but it'll be later on. And so, 
the first thing when it comes to living in our glory days as Christians is, one, we need to be prepared. Preparation. Practice. Right? Uh, And I begin to think about some of the things that we did to prepare for teams, opponents, just to get ready. You think of preseason. We were lifting. We were running way more than I wanted to. Uh, I didn't really get a good dose of that until I moved to Shoto. I didn't really know what conditioning was like, but that was all to prepare us uh, for the season that was ahead, right? We wanted to be able to stay uh, or to be as close to fresh when it come fourth quarter uh, as we could. And so we would run. We would lift. We wanted to be strong. Uh, We prepared. And that's preseason, but then you get into season, you got your practices, you're working on drills. Uh, For me, I'm a guard, so I was doing guard stuff. For Isaac, he was a post and a guard. He could kind of do it all, so he did a little bit of everything, right? And so we worked through our drills, shooting, dribbling, passing, defense, being in the right positions. Uh, Then you think about preparing for a specific opponent. You watch film. Uh, you, you game plan, hey, here's what they're going to do in this situation. Here's what they're going to do in that situation. We've watched film on them, and, and when they get down, last second shot of a quarter, they're going to go to this play. They got this X, this O that they run every single time. So we scheme, we plan, we prepare, right? We prepare for the opponent uh, that is coming on Friday or coming on Tuesday. And so you got to be prepared. And as I begin to think about that, like, man, I was never the best player on the floor, just never was. But one thing that I took pride in is I worked really hard to be ready. I worked really hard to be ready when I stepped on the floor. I knew who I was guarding because that was what I was, that was my role as I was the defender. And I worked really hard to know their schemes. Man, when they dribble left, they like this move. When they dribble right, they like that move. I prepared. I was definitely never the best shooter on the floor. I wasn't even the best shooter on my team. Uh, but I started this when, when dad was still driving me to school, I would go before school and shoot a thousand shots, 500 to a thousand shots every day. And I remember before I moved to Shoto at Locust, cause I would go in and I would set the gun up and start shooting and dad would be in the hospitality room doing, uh, what's the insanity on the the hospitality TV, so we'd both be getting to work in. So uh, I remember that from freshman year on. I would go in and get shots up before. I, I wanted to be prepared. I wanted to be ready for Friday night. I wanted to be ready for Tuesday night. I wanted to be ready to step on the floor every time uh, it was time. And so preparation, it's important, not just as an athlete or as someone in a career or owning a business. It's important for us as Christians we need preparation. Some of the same things. We need preparation in our drills. That is our Bible study, our prayer, our church attendance. Those are just those things that we should be doing on a regular basis. They could be considered like the drills that we do as athletes to get ready for what we're right. Soul winning. Uh, there's certain things that we need to prepare for because if I, yeah, you're going to have conversations that you just stumble upon, but you also need to prepare and practice for some of them. Be ready, right? Scripture tells us to be ready in season and out of season. It says to study and show ourselves approved, right? And so we need to be ready as Christians. We need to be prepared by studying God's Word. I've seen this quote, and I'm not sure who it was by, 
And it says, one of Satan's greatest weapons is a man's ignorance of the word. One of Satan's greatest weapons is a man's ignorance of the word. And so when we do not get in God's word, when we're not studying, uh, we're not trying to get in church and hear the word preached, man, we're ignorant to it. We're not ready. We're not prepared for what life maybe has for us. We're not prepared for those tough conversations that we may come upon when someone asks us why we believe in what we believe in. And, and we're supposed to be ready. We're supposed to be ready. First Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Right? And so we're to always be ready to tell someone why I have hope, why I have... Jesus gives me hope, right? And so we need to be prepared, not only in our drills, right? Bible study, prayer, uh, soul winning, something that dr- our practices, right? Church attendance, serving, uh, but we also need to be prepared uh, in our disciplines. We need to practice our disciplines. There was days, and I would say Isaac would probably say the same thing, and anyone in here that's ever played sports, there's days you just don't feel like it. There's a lot of days I finished that sixth hour, and I'm thinking, God, I really don't want to go run. I really don't want to go lift. I really don't want to go shoot. I really don't want to go practice, right? Uh, and that's when you got to practice discipline. And that is just showing up, understanding what you want now is way less important than what you want later. And that is chasing after, for us that season, it's a gold ball or a position in your career or business, right? And so it takes preparation and practicing discipline. When you don't feel like it, you go do it anyway. Even when it's uncomfortable, you do it anyway. And as I was thinking about that, man, again, preparation, practice, how hard you work to get ready for the opponent, to get ready for... I'm going to be honest, I got kind of convicted because I can say, or I do say confidently, but I think I was the most prepared and ready person to step on the court every time I played. That's just what I think. Uh, because I know what I know the time I put in before it ever started, and I can't say confidently that I'm the most prepared and ready Christian every time I wake up and step outside of my house. I don't think I can say I'm not confident when I say that. And so I got convicted as I was thinking about, man, we need to be prepared, and we need to be prepared in our drills, our discipline, because we got an enemy who's coming after us, and his greatest weapon is simply catching me off guard, catching me when I'm not prepared, when I'm ignorant because I ain't been studying the Word. And so uh, that's a challenge, that we be prepared every day when we wake up, that we get in the Word, we seek Him in prayer, we, we look for the opportunities to serve. And so we're ready and we can say confidently uh, that I'm ready and I'm prepared no matter what this day throws at me, no matter what the devil tries to do to get in my way, I'm ready. And so to live in those glory days, to be at the top, to be at the best as we can as Christians... We got to be prepared. It takes preparation. There's certain practice we, practices we have to do. All right? Number two, we need to be purposeful. We need to be purposeful. We got to be intentional. We got to understand our role. One thing that I think 2015 Shoto Wildcats did very well is everyone understood their role. Again, I told you I wasn't a scorer. My job came on the other end most of the time. I'm going to be defense. I'm going to get in guys' way. I'm going to, on the other end, I'm going to stay out of the way. I'm going to give you guys the ball, let you guys go do your thing. Uh, but we all knew our role. And 
instead of coming in and working on things that didn't fit my role, and especially when it comes to, and this is, a, this is just a silly one, but I didn't go practice soccer to get ready for my basketball games, right? There's some people that do some way out there stuff, like, I don't even get it. What are you doing? That doesn't have any purpose. That doesn't have any intentionality to it. We need to be intentional. We need to be purposeful in, in how we go and prepare for what we're doing, right? And so everyone knew their role on the team, and they knew, hey, my gift, my niche is here. I'm the shooter, right? We had a couple of them. I would consider that Arliss and Champ. Those are the shooters. Those are the scorers. Hey, I'm a rebounder. That was Connor, big 6'6", sitting in the paint. He's going to get some rebounds. He's going to get some putbacks. I was the defender. And then we had the guy that could kind of do a little bit of everything, right? I'm going to talk Isaac up tonight, right? And so we all knew our role. Uh, we all knew our role, but not only was we purposeful in that we knew what we were good at and we stuck to what we were good at, but when we, we were intentional in our efforts. Again, I said when we went and, and shot, we wasn't shooting. I, and I hate to see this now, and I've seen it when I was at Locust, and I've seen it, I, I see it at Wagner, and I just, and I ain't saying that I've never done it. I won't say that. But when I walk in and kids are shooting, and they're shooting from half court, or they're shooting just dumb shots. There's no purpose in it. There's no intentionality in it, right? When you're, you're not going to take that shot in the game unless it comes down to, like, last-second shot. When you go to the gym, step up there to the free-throw line. Step up there, one dribble pull-up. Threes. Layups, maybe, right? Find your range. Find your, your niche, what you're good at, and do it. Don't go in there and just jack around because that's not getting you any better. We were purposeful. We were intentional in our efforts. We didn't go do random things that didn't matter, that didn't help make us better. Uh, we found what we were good at. We went in and we had a plan to intentionally get better at. Maybe it was getting better at weaknesses. Maybe it was strengthen, strengthening strengths. Uh, but we had a plan going in. And it was a purpose, right? And in the Christian body, we all have gifts. We all have talents. We all have those niches, those interests, right? And so it's the same way. Uh, too many Christians come in, and they're, they're not intentional when they come in here. They just come in, and they sit down, and they listen, and they get up, and they leave, and they don't. And they're not intentional. There's no purpose to what they're doing. We need to find purpose in what you're doing. Find purpose in your, your work. When you go to work, be intentional. Look for someone to share with. Look for an opportunity because I promise you, God gives them to you every single day. He gives them to you multiple, mostly, and we, we mostly miss them. Uh, but we need to be intentional. We need to be purposeful, understanding that where we are, God has a specific purpose. Our gift, God has a specific purpose. And work on those things uh, put in the time, be intentional in our efforts, and then you know that what I'm doing, it's actually helping me to get better. It's actually helping to advance the kingdom. It's actually helping uh, to bring someone closer to Jesus. And so we need to be purpose purposeful. We need to be intentional in our efforts. Uh, all the preparation, if it's for nothing, if there's no purpose to it, it's not going to help you get to those glory days. It's not going to help you get to the top. It would have done us no good to go in and practice soccer three times a week. And I know that's one way out there, but it's, it would have done us no good. And so we've got to be purposeful. Number three, 
you got to persevere. <clears throat> there's going to be setbacks. There's going to be storms. There's going to be struggles. There's just going to be stresses, right? And again, I thought back to really more than just 2015, but in 2015, we lost our sixth man, tore his ACL. It would actually be his second in three years, I think. Uh, but tore his knee, and so a guy that he helped us out a lot. In game three or four, I believe, he goes out and he's done for the season. But the season didn't stop. We just had to continue going. We had to continue to to do what we do, and as much as we hated to lose him, it's next man up. Whoever was seventh man, you just got to be ready to step in and fill the gap. Uh, late in season, and Isaac will have to help me, but I believe he had a stress fracture in his foot, and I think, Isaac, weren't you going and getting some acupuncture every week or two weeks? I mean, we're right in the middle of playoffs, and this guy's got a broken foot, and he's going every week maybe even multiple times a week, and getting some acupuncture on his foot just to kind of take some inflammation, give him some relief so he can play one more game. And then it's back at it, go get it again, and we move on, right? And there was multiple things. You think of just the rolled ankles, the just 26, 27 games of bumps and bruises, and by the time you get to the end of the season, no one's 100%, more than likely. Everyone's got something that's nagging and aching. And, and so uh, you had to persevere through some of those injuries. But then you had to persevere through, th- through some tough teams, right? I mean, I remember senior year, and this is one that we watched. We're down 17-8 uh, to eight there at Shodo going into halftime. Come back and win by one. Good team. I think at the time they were number 7 and 3A. Uh, and there's multiple teams through that year that gave us a run for money. There were some close games, but we had to persevere. We had to fight through it. It couldn't be, ah, Aders 3A, they're bigger than us, and they're top 10. Let's just tell them they can have it tonight. No, that wasn't our thoughts. We no, we're going to go play this game. They're going to have to show us that they're number 3 or number 7 and 3A. And so uh, perseverance, just putting your head down and going to work, even when you don't feel like it, even when the, the struggles come, even when the setbacks hit, uh, even when the storms, the tough teams, the different, all the adversity that you face. You think uh, basketball is such a game of runs. In one game, the amount of perseverance or adversity you may face. I mean, go on. you can be on an 8 nothing run, and then all of a sudden uh, just get ran over by a 12 nothing run. Uh, it's such a fast-paced game of runs, and, and I can promise you through, through that season, there was multiple of them. Some of them was us making runs on other, other people. Some of them were other people making runs on us. And that year, we happened to be able to, to get them shut off because we simply uh, stayed hooked. We didn't quit. We kept playing and kept playing hard. And so it takes perseverance. And I always go to James, right? Have joy when you're facing those various trials. Right? And it doesn't say if you face a trial. He guarantees they're coming. They're going to be there. In this world, you will have tribulation. But you can have joy in it too, especially when you understand what this is going to do for you. Those early tests, 
maybe even losing that sixth man, what it make us do? We had to come together even more. We had to work even harder. We had to figure it out. And it ends up making you better by the time you get to the end of that season. It makes you, it makes you come together and get better, right? And so when you fight through those tough things, and James tells us, it, makes you, it brings you to that perfect and complete. It builds up that endurance, and that endurance, when it's full grown, brings you to a complete, it makes you complete. And so when we persevere, when we fight through those, those setbacks, through those storms, uh, it builds us, it grows us. And it's the same thing for Christians. You go through the storms. You, you, you lose a loved one. You lose someone close to you, but you continue to stay faithful. You continue to go through it with a joyful attitude. And God continues to show himself to you, and you begin to grow as a Christian. You begin to grow closer to him. And then eventually you look back and you think, man, now I've got to use that storm, that setback, and I've got to be the, the testimony that helps someone else go through it. And so it begins to just build up, and it's a snowball effect. And as I was thinking about perseverance in our Christian life, we don't face a ton of persecution here. There's been some, but mostly maybe rejection, if anything. But we got two great examples, and one is Paul. Paul, the things that he faced as a Christian, beatings, the persecution, imprisonment, shipwrecked, snake bit, stoned. And he just continued to get up and, and go. It amazes me sometimes when I read that. I think, how? There's, I would like to say that I could do the same thing, but I just don't know. Uh, but he says, I press on because you know what? To live is Christ. And to die, if they finally just do, do, it, do me in, to die, it's gain. I'm going up there anyway. And so, Paul, a great example of what it means as a Christian to persevere, to... to fight through, to press on through the struggles, through the storms, through the stepbacks, and he did it over and over and over and over again. And then Jesus, man, he took on the cross for us. He just persevered. He knew what was coming. He was sitting up there and knew what was coming, and he still did it anyway. Uh, it's hard enough to, to go about it, and then it just happens, but just to know I'm walking into this, and he still doesn't matter because he loved each and every one of you and me. And so perseverance, uh, we've got to have perseverance. We've got to be able to press on when it comes to our Christian life if we want to live in the glory days, if we want to be at our best, to be at the top in our Christian walk. And then number four, to live in our glory days, we've got to keep our eyes on the prize. Right? I think back to that, that, senior year I mean we knew we had a legit shot and maybe the previous year the goal I don't even remember was let's make it to the state tournament let's make it get there top eight that'd be pretty good for us but going into our senior year there was only one goal there was only one way this was going to be a successful season in our eyes and that was to bring home a gold ball and so from that moment on, when that goal was set, it was not to be lowered. It never, our eyes never lost focus of that. Now, did we win it? And we're about to talk about that. No, we didn't. But that was the goal, and our focus never left it, right? It wasn't to just make it. It wasn't just to beat a rival. It wasn't just to win 15 games. It wasn't just to, 
our goal was set on that gold ball because we knew we were good enough and we knew that we had the talent to take it and to go all the way. And so we had our eyes on the prize. Now, when it comes to our Christian walk, that prize is a little different. So this is where you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse twenty-four through twenty-seven. It says, "Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. That's what we were going after, but we're here for an imperishable crown. Therefore." I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. You know, I read that and I think this probably could have just fit the message. What did we, first point, what was it? Be prepared. Practice. How do we practice? What are we prepared in? Our drills and our discipline. Right, it says those who run, they run in such a way that they may obtain it. What, verse 27, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. What was our second point in the glory days? Be purposeful. Verse 26, therefore I run not with uncertainty. Therefore I fight not as one who beats the air. I'm doing this with a purpose. I'm doing this to win. I'm doing this that I may obtain this prize. Right? Perseverance, again, we see, I run, I compete that I may obtain it. I run, I fight, I discipline, I bring my body into subjection, right? I think those are some words that would probably say it's going to take a little perseverance. Uh, But then, when it comes to this prize, two things that I want to look at when it comes to this prize And that is one, as Christians, we are after a a prize that is forever, right? We're after this gold ball, and you think about when you win a state championship or whatever, you make it to the top in whatever, or get an award, business, career, whatever it may be, what happens as time goes by? People start to forget. You may not forget, right? Because we like to live in the glory days. Uh, you may not forget, but people start to forget. It kind of it tends to uh, lose its luster a little bit, right? Slowly, it's a forgotten, maybe. We could probably ask, and I don't know how many fans in here, but I could probably list... Uh, Hey, list me the the NCAA football champions of the 90s. And if you're a football champ, if you're not a person who watches football, there's no way, right? Uh, for those of you that watch football, you might can get a few of them. And there may be that one or two that can get all of them through the 90s. Uh, but as time goes on, we kind of tend to forget because what happens? They get replaced. 
Because since the 90s, we've got the ones who won through the 2000s. And since the 2000s, we've got the ones who won in the 2010s. And since the 2010s, we've got these few that's won in the 20s. Uh, and so they begin to lose their luster. We kind of forget about them. Uh, they get replaced. And it's just not as special except for maybe to the ones that are right then, right there. We're right in the middle of it. Uh, and so they really don't even last forever here. But they definitely ain't going to last forever when we go up there, right? This says this is a perishable crown, right? Those who run and those who fight, they're competing for a perishable crown. One day it's going to burn anyway. We're all going to forget about it eventually, but one day it's going to burn anyway. So regardless, it's going to get left behind and forgotten. But as Christians, we got our eyes on the prize, the upward call of Christ, and it's imperishable. That's what that says in verse 25. Now they do it for a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. It is an eternity. We're going for crowns. We're going for the prize of heaven and crowns to lay at Jesus' feet. And it's going to last forever and ever and ever and ever. It's never going to lose its luster. I promise when you get up there, it's never going to get boring. You're never going to forget about it. It's never going to... ah. Uh, you're never going to get replaced. You're never going to get asked to leave, right? You're never going to get asked to step down. It lasts forever. And so not only is the prize forever, but it's also for sure. Right? I told you we had one, eye, one, one focus that senior year. It was on a gold ball. And I told you we prepared, in my opinion, as good or better than any team that was in the entire state that year. We prepared, we practiced, and we practiced hard. I told you, we were very purposeful. We knew our roles, we knew them well. When we went to the gym, whether it be the weight room, whether it be the court, we knew what we needed to be working on. We knew what was going to help us be better. We knew our weaknesses and what needed to get better, and we worked on those things. We stayed within our, our limits, if you will. And because of it, we were able to be a very good team. I told you, we persevered, right? We had some setbacks. We had some injuries. We lost some guys for the season. We had lots playing through injuries. We played some tough teams, right? There was a lot of perseverance. There was a lot of tough tests, setbacks, storms, struggles through the year. Faced a lot of adversity. And as focused as we may have been on a goal ball, you know what we didn't get? A goal ball. But, again, you can put in all that work. And the thing about basketball or football or even a career, a business, you're never guaranteed to get to the top of whatever that prize in your eyes might, might be. You can be the most prepared, the most disciplined, the most purposeful and intentional. You've come through and fought through harder than anyone else. And winning is not guaranteed. But in the Christian life, it's for sure. Right? Because, and the thing about it, we can make mistakes. We can get down. The devil can hammer us. Uh, we can feel like we haven't won a lick. We can feel defeated in the dumps. And we're still 
if we've accepted Jesus into our heart, if we're a true, born again, washed in the blood Christian, we are given a for sure victory when it comes to the prize, and that is eternity in heaven, right? And so we should, that should get us excited, right? 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. it's my favorite verse. Thanks be to God who gives us victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with my performance. It has nothing to do with how well I prepared. It has nothing to do with how, how purposeful or intentional I am. Because even at my best, I still fail every day. As prepared as I think I am, there's something that still catches me off guard most days. Uh, it's tough. And as disciplined as I like to think that I am, I'm really, really not. Uh, and so we go after a prize that it's going to last forever. That's eternity in heaven. And it's for sure. If you are born again, blood-washed Christian. And as I was thinking about that, man, gets excited and that's kind of like right there's the list, right? We've got to be prepared. We've got to be purposeful. We've got to have perseverance. We've got to keep our eyes on the prize. And we can know all that, and we can have everything set in front of us to live in those glory days. But you know what you've got to do? You've got to play. You've got to play the games. No one was scared of Shoto that year. No one said, nah, we're not. Every time, it's like they still showed up. Even as good as we thought we were, and we thought we scared them off just by being the Shoto Wildcats, we still had to play. All that work, all that, it did nothing unless we stepped on the floor and actually showed them how good we were, right? And unless we showed them how hard we've worked, unless we showed them how prepared we were. And the Christian life is no different. And Jesus, multiple times in scriptures, calls us to get in the game. He calls us to come and play. He says, I've given you everything you need. I've given you everything you need to win. I've given you everything that you need to be in the glory days uh, of your Christian life, to be at the top, to be the best you can be. And too many of you guys are sitting on the bench. Too many of you guys are saying, ah, let the rest of them do it. No, we want to get in. We want to play. And so... These things that help us live our glory days as Christians, they do us no good if we won't get out there and play. We've often heard the, the Christian life's not played out on a playground. It's fought out on a battlefield. And so we got to go get in the game, go get in uh, the battle, if you will, and, and apply these things, live them out if we want to see our glory days as Christians, if we want to be at the top, if we want to be the best we can be for Jesus while down here on earth, uh, we need to go get in the game. We need to play. And so, Bob, you can come up. Everyone stand. Eyes closed, heads bowed. The glory days. Man, I had a good time over Christmas break spending hours watching that old film. It was fun. Got to relive those memories. But it was also challenging because, again, I, I remember those times. I remember how hard we worked, how much, how well we played together. That'll preach in us. We got to come together as Christians. Um, and so the glory days, 
I've done lived them as a basketball player, and those are never coming back. But from here on, I, I want to strive to be at my best, to be in my glory days as a Christian. And so, if you're here, and maybe you say, man, I haven't even joined the team yet. We'd love to show you how to join the, the team. We'd love to show you how to join God's team by way of salvation. So if you're here and you're lost and you don't know Jesus, you haven't joined the team, come see me. I'd love to show you how. If you're here and maybe you're not preparing like you should, you're not getting in your word, you're not praying, you're not coming to church, you're not serving, maybe you need to come hit the altars and ask for Jesus to help you as you get prepared. Maybe you're not being purposeful enough. Maybe you're not being intentional enough in your walk. Using the right, right gifts, your, your talents, where God wants you to be. Maybe you just need to toughen up. Maybe you just need to persevere. Tough times, the trials, tribulations, they're coming. God guarantees it, but He also guarantees that you can have victory in it because He'll be with you every step of the way. And then maybe we just need to come and thank Jesus that we have a prize. It's forever and it's for sure. It's certain. And it's all because of him and what he did for us on the cross. The altars are open. Christians lead the way. Father, I come to you. I just thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Just ask that everyone would respond in a way that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen.